Well, good morning and happy Easter to all, those worshiping together in person and those joining us remotely. Our first indoors and in-person Easter service in four years. How wonderful to be together and lift the roof in song. But a special welcome to you remote worshipers, because I identify with you completely today, uh, because I come to you from home, thanks to COVID, which decided to hit me right before the most important days in the Christian calendar, when I had four services to plan and lead. So I'm sad not to share space with you in the sanctuary, but I'm beyond grateful. Let me count my blessings. My loving and supportive spouse, who's a skilled nurse with lots of COVID knowledge. My five COVID vaccines and boosters, an antiviral medication that made symptoms manageable. Reliable high-speed internet that connects me to my office and everyone I work with. Mental and physical energy to keep me working and planning and coordinating behind the scenes. Ample staff and volunteers at Parkview who pick up extra duties and run with them. I'm grateful, but I'm also aware that what makes all this possible is multiple support systems that I have around me. My unearned social location and the privilege that comes with that. My instant access to medical systems and technology of all kinds. And I'm sober to note that many other pastors and church leaders in this country and all over the world don't have those advantages and are no less called, gifted, and responsible than I am, and have gotten the same infection with disastrous, life-altering, and ministry-ending results. I did nothing to deserve what I have today, but I accept it and pledge to use it in a way that lifts others up. So now, here we are with Matthew's wonderful resurrection story. We've been traveling with Matthew now for four months or so since before Christmas, and next Sunday we finish our journey. We've been reading Matthew with an eye to context, both the narrative context, how the story is arranged, and the cultural context, the world where this gospel story was first compiled and shared as good news. In this case, Antioch of Syria around 70 AD. A world falling apart for all Jewish people, including Jewish followers of Jesus. There's something about Matthew's version of the Easter story that stands apart from the others, in stark contrast. We can guess why. In all the other Gospel versions, disciples arrive after the fact. They see evidence, empty tomb, folded grave clothes, angels nearby, and after poking around a bit, they're mostly perplexed and confused. In Matthew's version, the moment of resurrection happens in front of their eyes. They are terror-stricken. Matthew tells us that two women, two Marys, creep toward the tomb in the dark, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. An angel of the Lord, whose appearance was like lightning, came down from heaven and rolled away the stone. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. Hear that? Highly trained and armed military guards were terrorized and fell over in a dead faint. The resurrection was sudden, unexpected, disruptive, and invasive. The first ones to feel the brunt of it 
were armed representatives of the Roman Empire. What Matthew portrays in his telling of the story is that the power of God is erupting on this earth. It is felt by the earth itself as it shudders and quakes, and it is felt by all the powers on the earth, the empires who think they are in charge, the spear holders who imagine they can ward off any threat. These powers all wilt in fear and become powerless. And while the soldiers lie there comatose, the Marys who saw the same thing didn't faint. What does that tell you, by the way? And then they are met by an angel who consoles them. Don't be afraid. Jesus is not here. He has been raised, as he said. In other words, God brought about this disruption. And then the angel gives them an assignment. Go now. Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. Go meet him. This is a missional assignment. Go where Jesus is going. Do what Jesus is doing. Be about what Jesus is about. This is the new order of things. The powers of evil and death and the empire have been conquered by the powers of love and life and the reign of God. After all is said and done, after this earth-shaking event, this is the bottom line of Matthew's message to the suffering and traumatized community in Antioch, those who just witnessed the siege of Jerusalem and a massacre of a million of their people at the hands of the Roman Empire, and are at the, in the midst of a painful conflict and separation in their local synagogues, and who have loved ones, who have lost loved ones to, to violence and oppression. Matthew's gospel word is, find Jesus and don't be afraid. Find Jesus and don't be afraid. The two Marys are then gifted with the first human encounter with the risen Jesus. Before they got to the other disciples, Jesus met them on the road and repeated the same message Go where I am going and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. The first words out of the mouth of both the angel and Jesus. Not a coincidence, given the community that Matthew was addressing. Nor is it a coincidence, in this divided, hostile, and traumatizing world we still inhabit, that these words of Matthew have been preserved and made sacred over time, and continue to be our good news to treasure. Find Jesus and don't be afraid. Find Jesus and don't be afraid. Jesus continues to live and appear among us in ways we don't always recognize. Our job is to be looking for him always, and not to let fear keep us from the search. One place the church goes regularly to find Jesus and to find ourselves is to the communion table. Jesus established this ritual for the church and we carry it on at his instruction. So let's continue our worship at the table of the Lord.